The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. With so many people living longer, the fear of outliving your money becomes a reality for many of us. Will I be a financial burden? Will I outlive my money? How will I be remembered? My name is Neil Himmelstein, president of Main Street Planning Group. Please contact me by visiting MainStreetPlanningGroup.com. That's MainStreetPlanningGroup.com or call 631-647-4694. I will introduce you to strategies that will guarantee you will not outlive your money, that can guarantee you will not be a burden on your loved ones. Through a collaborative approach, we will uncover solutions that offer tax-efficient strategies, lifetime income, and legacy planning, choice, organization, direction, and education. That is the code we stand behind. Contact MainStreetPlanningGroup.com That's MainStreetPlanningGroup.com or call 631-647-4694. And listen to me every Friday at 3 p.m. as I host the Main Street Code for Financial Success right here on 103.9 LI News Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. I'm your host, Neil Himmelstein. I'm here every Friday at 3 o'clock. If you happen to miss a show, uh, you can always catch me on Spotify or Apple or go to my website, themainstreetcode.com and look at your past episodes. And when we talk about our code, we talk about choice, organization, direction, and education, and we help hundreds of financial advisors across the United States, as well as attorneys and CPAs uh, in the area, and financial advisors that in the areas of life insurance, annuities, disability, long-term care, and in addition, we like to help quarterback you in helping you in your plans, uh, whether you know whether you need estate planning or financial planning, and that's what we do. And today, we we are fortunate enough to have with us a special guest, Stephanie Alberts, who is an estate planning attorney. And Stephanie is a partner at Forcelli Deegan Toronto LLP. And hi, Stephanie. Say hello. Good afternoon, Neil. I thank you for having me today. I'm thrilled to have you. And she is the um, co-chair of the Trust and Estate Department. And, you know... uh, when you ha- when you have an estate issue, when you go to an attorney, um, I highly recommend if you're doing estate planning, you work with an estate attorney, not your regular attorney. Tell me why you would work with a state attorney. Why would, would I w- want to work with Stephanie? So. Everyone, in my opinion, Neil, should have a plan. And what the plan is for any particular individual varies on a variety of different factors. Your family structure, your age, your net worth, and most importantly, your wishes and desires. While there are plenty of websites we all know online that sell a product, you can create a will online or even download a form. There are way too many pitfalls in proceeding in that direction. And also, you are not getting the expertise of a professional to help you develop an overall plan. Very often, a last will and testament is only a piece of the plan. And therefore, when you work with a, an estate planning professional such as myself, we take a comprehensive approach to your plan. taking into account all of those factors I mentioned before to make sure that your goals, wishes, and desires are carried forth. So that is why I truly do believe that everyone should consult with a planning attorney and make a plan, not just a will. Right. And and I have to say, you know, a lot of people will go to their regular family attorney and do an estate plan. And I can tell you 
without uncertainty, uh, if they're not recommending that you go to a specialist or if they don't have a specialist on staff, seek one out. I have attorneys that try and draft their own life insurance trust. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, it's not a form that you redo. One mistake and you screw up your whole estate. Correct? Absolutely. And I think also, depending, again, on your family structure, age, net worth, goals, wishes, and desires, a regular attorney may just recommend to draft a will, or they may take an opportunity to create their first life insurance trust. That may not be the correct way to approach your particular situation. So, for example, if you have a certain situation where you have a child you would like to disinherit, or you have a certain asset that you wish to pass to one of your children, and not another. A will, while it can achieve this objective, may not be the best option for you to ensure that your estate is effectively administered on your death. An attorney that specializes in estate planning can give you some additional options that you can put in place. For example, a trust, a beneficiary designation to avoid litigation going forward. Those types of options may not be known to any attorney. And I too often see and attorneys... Bl- thinking that they can just draft a will. It is that simple. It's not. It's not. No. And I I think that that's the benefit you get from going to an estate planning attorney. They know the nuances with respect to taxes, with respect to succession, with respect to family, and most importantly, I think family dynamics in the event of someone's passing. Family dynamics to choose. Oh, the main thing that you want to do if you if you're contemplating, and, and everyone should, and even children. I mean, going going off to college, uh, you need health directives. I mean, you can't. Typical example. I remember when I was in college. You know, ancient history, but you know, when I was in college, uh, I got pneumonia, and okay, they wanted to send me to a hospital. Well. You know, I was of age, but, you know, who has the directive? Who has it? I mean, there's so many things that can happen. Correct. Correct. And without having parental directives and, you know, now, of course, you know, laws change, interstate. This is so many things to consider. But even if you have a young child going to college who's now of age or not of age, you can't make decisions for them once they're of age unless there's a health care problem. A, a lot of different things go on. Correct. But you entered a huge, huge situation, family dynamics, and organizing your assets and organizing what you have. You may not realize all the different things you have that may be of sentimental value to various family members. But once you pass, they become an area of dispute or problems with your children. Absolutely, absolutely. Personal property, while they may not have it may not have monetary value, has a tremendous amount of sentimental value. And unlike cash or stock where you can most often achieve an equitable distribution. Very often you only have one ring, one necklace, one engagement ring, one painting. So you don't want a situation where children fight over that item or a spouse and children. You want to do what you can ahead of time while you're alive to try and keep the family together after you pass away. Right, And I've seen situations, and we're going to talk about 
a real situation I'm in, in the middle of with, with, with a family, which brings up multiple things. But I know a situation where family members have fought over the ashes of, right. of, of the person. I mean, or fought over like um, a vase. I mean, like, really? I mean... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I had an attorney that called me up that they'd been in right. discussions and meetings over over what they thought was a carrot. You know, they thought it was like a one carrot ring or two carrot ring. No, it was an actual like ceramic yeah. carrot. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're fighting. It over, happens. And they're it fighting happens. over this. So yeah. you know, planning minimizes or mitigates. <laughs> planning eliminates problems, and and your will and your estate planning is a humongous thing when you're talking about. Some of the little things. Absolutely. And to the point I made before, Neil, in terms of burial directives, very often an attorney that does not do estate planning may just tell you, well, you can put those directives in your will. They will mean nothing. There's a simple document that you can prepare before you pass away, an advanced directive to set forth who you want to take care of your funeral and burial arrangements, who you would like to be in charge. And you can even set forth in there specific directions that you have with respect to the disposition of your remains and what type of services you would like. You'd be surprised at some of the things I've heard over the years. I, but could, I could talk about my own family. So my, you know, I'm one of five boys. My oldest brother passed away thirty some years ago. Um, he died of AIDS at the time. You know, when 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 they really didn't know what they were doing with that. And um, my mother took over his funeral uh, thing in Baltimore, and he lived in Manhattan. And I went with his partner to. Baltimore and my mom wanted to bury him in a shroud and you know they brought his his paintbrush and uh, his his nice suit and everything else I mean just these little things mm-hmm. became just at the ceremony I mean just the whole process absolutely enlightened me to oh my god how many things could are could create problems or or bad feelings or just in that alone was just an an huge eye-opener to me and we're talking you know this happened 30 some years ago uh and the family dynamics of everything just just uh is amazing thing you know once you've lived through things you see what could go wrong We all like to think it will be a smooth transition, but I think it's incumbent upon each of us to make it as easy as possible for your family at that time. And simple, you know, consult and working with the attorney, it's a difficult process. It's a difficult topic, estate planning. Oh, absolutely. But it is so very important. And you're listening to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. We're we're getting ready for a commercial break. I hate to stop you short there. And my name is Neil Himmelstein, and we're with Stephanie Alberts. And Stephanie, how can I get a hold of you if they like to you can it. reach me at, I work for Fricelli Deegan Tirana my email is salberts a-l-b-e-r-t-s at fricellilaw.com very good and we'll be right back right after this break thank you back to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. I'm your host, Neil Himmelstein, and I'm here with Stephanie Alberts, and Stephanie's a partner at Fricelli Deegan in Toronto, and her specialty is trust and estate planning, and we're, we're getting into all kinds of stuff, and family dynamics, and I mean, it's crazy, and it's this kind of all crazy stuff. You know, when I talk to people about uh, estate planning, will planning, final planning, one of the things I like to tell people is, you know... Um, especially 
wealthy people, not wealthy people. One of the things that you may understand, and a lot of people are control freaks in one sense. I said, if you had a crystal ball or or whatever, if you wanted to leave your money, it's going to go to one of three places, your estate. And people like to leave a legacy. You know, they, what, what am I going to be remembered by? And really, you have three choices, uh, maybe four choices. One is, if you do nothing, you don't have a will, you don't have a state plan, you don't have anything, the government gets to decide where your money goes. And if you're in a situation where you're heavily taxed, the government decides where that money goes and who it goes to. And that could be fine by you. I mean, you know, if you want to let the government do whatever they want to do with your money, that's fine. Or you could leave some of your money to a charity or, or, or you know, whether it be a religious thing or something you deeply care about, a hospital or whatever. That's a possibility. Or you can leave your money to your family. And, you know, that's a possibility. Or, you know, ultimately, you might want to control that. After you're gone, you lose all control. (laughs) But with proper planning, you can dictate where you want your assets to go, who you want them to go to, and that legacy. And in doing that planning, that's why you need an estate planning. That's why you need people like us that are really going to discuss that with you in where you want things to go. Correct. And I think, Neil, that one of the things that stops people from doing it is you think you need to have that crystal ball and see the complete end result. And what I tell people is just envision if something were to happen to you in the next five years. Your plan can always be revised. It's not... And should be revised. And should be revised and should be looked at no later than every five years just to make sure there's not a change in circumstances. A birth of a child, the death of a child, net worth change. So just look and see if something were to happen to you in the next five years, what would you want to be? And you said it perfectly, your legacy. How do you want your assets to work? Uh, Do you want them to go to your family? Do you have a specific charitable intent? I've had clients that have left a lot of money to charity. One actually built a wing on a hospital. Her name is on a plaque. So even if you don't have near next of kin, there are strategies you can put in place to leave your legacy and make a mark on so many people and further a wonderful charitable cause. Absolutely. And on that topic, so we're working with a client. You know, this is an agent brought this to me from Pennsylvania. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but it's gotten more and more complicated. So basically, the client is 77 years old, and he worked for a distributor, um, a gasoline distributor, you know, Sunoco at the time, I think. And somehow, uh, many, many years ago, he was fortunate enough to buy a gas station, and it's right off the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Now, if any of you have driven through Pennsylvania and know the Pennsylvania Turnpike, sometimes it could be 20 miles between exits. So they always say, location, location, location. Well, this guy... Boy, does he have a location. There's not another gas station for 20 miles. So they landed his station. So it all of a sudden, he's been making a lot of money. Now, at 77, he's fortunate enough and smart enough to have gotten a liquor license and a beer license. Wait a second. This is brand new. He just got these licenses. So, again... You have a, something that 
you have right off the turnpike that people pick up and go, that in the state of Pennsylvania, again, which is a state that's very restrictive on licensing and everything else, yeah, you got to go for miles, but you got that in one location. Now, all of a sudden, your business is worth a lot more real quickly. Even though, and that licensing took a couple years to get, and it cost $70,000. So now, all of a sudden, a guy who never realized he'd be in a financial position is in a huge position right now financially and is uh, divorced, uh, two wives divorced, um, single, not trusting a lot of people and things, and was wanting long term care insurance. Well, he's always been very healthy. But now, all of a sudden, um, he's got a heart condition. And it's recent, but, you know, he's got high calcium scores, whatever it is. So difficulty getting, let's say, a regular long-term care policy, they're not going to give it to him. But we can do some things with a hybrid long-term care policy. But now we got into, okay, where are you leaving everything? And he hasn't really made, he said he saw an estate attorney or this and that. But to be quite candid with you, he's got a big problem. He's got got an estate tax problem, but he's got four children. And one of his children, uh, son, his son, he wants to leave this business to, but he wants to treat all four children equally. So how does he leave this business to the one child, and which is the bulk of his estate, and leave everything else equally to the three children. So this got into such crazy planning here uh, that we're in the midst of. And he said, well, I'm going to leave. He has a 401k, which he hasn't really been pulling the money from. He doesn't need it. So now he has to take it. And somebody told him something really smart a long time ago. Why don't you use your distributions to buy some life insurance, which he did. But life insurance is not in a trust. It's sitting out there. So that could be a state taxable as well as his business. Life insurance is one of the things that you can very easily make exempt from a state tax. So if you have a life insurance policy and you do not own or have incidents of ownership in that policy, it will not be subject to a state tax most often. So if you are in a a state taxable bracket, absolutely you should consult with an estate attorney, create a life insurance trust, and ensure that that money can at least go a state tax free to your children, especially because you often purchase that policy so that there is that liquidity for estate tax payments. Exactly. When you have a business and you don't want your heirs to have to be in a position to make a fire sale or a rash decision with respect to the operation of that business, that is one of the main reasons for the purchase of the policy in the first place. And right. if it's subject to tax, you've kind of, um, you've aggravated that your benefit. state. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And he still has a million dollars in his retirement account, which he was going to give to one of his kids as, as equalization. And one of the things about having the money in your retirement account, not only is it income taxable, but it's a state taxable. So so that million dollars immediately, and and then he had an accountant draw up a whole chart of what it's worth, and the the accountant is not a real accountant, I could tell, uh, because they would know this. But on the spreadsheet, he's not really leaving that million dollars because instantly that's taxed, and it's instantly worth probably... 700000 600000 and then afterwards it becomes income taxable to his next, to generation. next generation. Absolutely. Now, 
the accountant person said, oh, it'll be a 15% tax. But wait a minute. We had the Secure Act 2.0, which is recent within last year. And they're saying, you have to give that to your heirs in the next 10 years. So his one daughter he was going to leave that to um, is going to have to pay ordinary income tax on, let's say, call it 100000 a year for 10 years. I like round numbers. It'll probably be more. But he, she has to drain it in 10 years. And even if she's making only $50,000, she's now in a new tax bracket. Right. And she's going to pay ordinary income tax on that and income tax on that. So now that million dollars... You're compounding dollars, the problem. You're compounding the problem. I think that also just important to keep in mind that if you do have a business and one child in the business, to Neil's point again, seek the consultation from an estate planning attorney. There are ways to balance assets. There is a way to ensure that maybe that child receive the business and other assets are purchased, other allocations locations are made so that your children can maintain a family relationship and not be in a business relationship. And that can be done through a careful planning and possibly the purchase of additional life insurance and a trust, probably some other gifting strategies. Um, it's a part of a comprehensive plan. Absolutely. And you've been listening to the Main Street Code for Financial Success. You want to reach out to me? 631-647-4694 or the MainStreetCode.com. Stephanie, how can I get a hold of you? You can reach me at 516-248-1700 or salberts at forcellilaw.com. Thank you so much, Neil, for having me today. Thank you, Stephanie. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.